Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, present a podcast for divorced and separated Catholics. Hello, and welcome to a podcast from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director. So great to be here with you this evening as we have our wonderful special guests, as we have been during this series for After Divorce. The Vice President of the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation is Rose Sweet, and she is here with us this evening. Hi, Rose. Hi, Anne. How are you today, tonight? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much, and thank you for doing this uh, program as we're in a 12-part series, and I think we're on part four. And this one, uh, the, the topic is handling the holidays, and I know we have so much to talk about there. Um, could we start out with, for people who are maybe new to joining us, telling us a little bit about you and your ministry? Thank you, Anne. Um, I am a divorced Catholic woman. I, I went through a couple divorce, several divorces in my youth. I was on a frantic search for happiness, and I, was, I thought marriage would be the answer for everything, and I had no idea what I was doing. Well, I had a disordered idea of what I was doing, and uh, I crashed and burned. And finally fell on my face and realized I needed to grow up, I needed God, and I just needed help. And that was the beginning of my ongoing conversion and, you know, a whole new me. That's the short version of it. Um, that was decades ago. And since then, God has opened doors for me to bring his hope and healing to other divorced men and women um, and remarried men and women, separated adult children of divorce, everybody that's been affected by divorce. I have a national ministry. I've written books. I give seminars, retreats. I do personal retreats. I just did one last weekend. I love it. People come to my area and I give them wonderful one-on-one -on -one attention. And especially this week, I'm doing a lot of coaching uh, with divorce people on upcoming Thanksgiving, which is next week, and then Christmas. They are looking at these holidays in a whole different way now after divorce. And it's overwhelming. It's scary. It's irritating. It's crazy. So um, I've done all the things the wrong way. I've figured out some good, good ways to handle things. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pass on some of that wisdom. Yeah, and it's such an honor for us. I mean, of course, there's a history of how the St. Raymond Anonis Foundation and Rose Sweet became friends, and, and we're both members of the Third Order of Mercy. That's a whole other topic. We should do a show on that, too, on the Mercedarian yes. Order and how blessed we are to be a part of that mission. Uh, and I know this series is really, this particular talk, I should say, is focused on the Christmas holidays that are coming and uh, 
And there's some stressors there for, for people who are separated or divorced and wondered if you can share on that. Well, today I brought 10 tips for handling the holidays and I thought maybe we could just go through them and you can add your two cents and, and we'll just go from there. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. Okay. So number one is have realistic expectations. Look, this year is not going to be like last year. And it's not just because of divorce, it's because of COVID. I mean, look how crazy things are. So we, in, this, in our whole culture, we are learning to adapt our expectations of the holidays. It's sad, but it's necessary. And we are going to get through it and we're going we're gonna to enjoy them if we hold on to the, the truth of it. So after divorce, your holidays will change. Some wonderful things that you had will be gone forever, but some things you'll be able to hang on to and continue. And sometimes you'll have new traditions that are really wonderful. So the good news to remember about this tip number one, the holidays come every single year. Just because you don't get the turkey you wanted this year or the present in your stockings, you know, there's always hope for next year. And, and haven't, haven't you done that, Anne, in your family? Haven't you learned how what not to do next year? Every Christmas, don't you kind of go, well, we're not going to do that again next year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see your, nobody can Absolutely. see your face, but I see it right now. So I know. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, or, and, and I think too, Rose, if I may say, is that you know how when someone sometimes passes on, they'll say they remember mom or dad because they always loved Christmas. And, and, and not all of us fall into those categories, right? Not everyone, we love the religious part of it, but not, maybe not all of the extra stuff that goes along with the stress and the gifts and all the to-do lists and things like that. Right, because it's usually too much. And yes. it's not done in the proper spirit. So, you know, I always say, when in doubt, throw it out. You know, but what, what did work this year? You know, what did work last year that was really good that we can still do? And that's what we keep our focus on. I know I was coaching a man just this week who's a newly divorced father of several kids. And um, I asked him, I go, what did you love about Christmas? He goes, well, I loved everything when I was little. It was, and it, you know, the smells, the bells, the, the, the Christmas music, the food, uh, the roasting fires and the snow. And then he said, but in the adult world, in our married life, it got more and more difficult. Um, it was buying presents where there was no thought and it was the stress of doing everything perfect uh, and the underlying anxiety that was there. And so he, he doesn't like Christmas except if he can go back to his childhood and remember that Christmas. So that's the thing about divorce. Let's, let's not shut the door on the holidays. Just because they were horrible last year or the last few years, they can still be good. So let's have realistic expectations, number one. Thank number you. Number two, you can stay home this year. Well, and a lot of the governors are making us, trying to make us do it. Uh, if you're after divorce, you're, you're feeling embarrassed, ashamed, angry, hurt, you're walking on little Bambi legs and you don't know how to navigate being in the same room with your spouse, you don't have to go. Nobody says you have to go. The good thing, if there are good things about divorce, and there are, we've talked about that, 
good things that come from from it you can redo how you've done everything in your life you don't have to subject yourself to shame and embarrassment now sometimes you do have to push yourself out of a comfort zone and just go do it but give yourself permission to stay home you're sad you're depressed you're hurt you're overwhelmed you're exhausted why should you have to like get all dressed up and go to yet another party because everybody expects you to right have you ever found yourself in that situation Anne? oh absolutely and people who know the saint raymond onatis foundation know that i myself am not divorced never been divorced but i came from divorce so i understand uh, families of divorce and what it's like and have memories in childhood of what that was like too for both my parents and and step parents as time went on so right there's lessons to be learned there too well yeah even in intact families mm -hmm. there's tension at the holidays oh tell me about so, it <laughs> so, so n number two is you can stay home and part b of this you can stay home is when you get there to the party or the event if you just feel like barfing or you're going to lose it emotionally um you can leave you can just politely excuse yourself and go home um, and the minute you get in the car send out a prayer to our lord ask him to help you handle your grief or your emotions put a leash on it go home take a shower have a drink take a nap whatever you got to do to take care of yourself next year will be different amen number three do something special for yourself. Now, I love, and you, you know, I've given this talk to the uh, foundation and, and the groups that you guys put together. St. Thomas Aquinas taught about the five remedies for sorrow. And he's a doctor of the church and a saint. And we're not going to talk about those five here, but at the top of his list is treat yourself. Treat yourself. When you're sad, depressed, lonely, take care of yourself be like your own parent give yourself a little bottle or a little sucker like we would do with our kids you know take care of yourself and give yourself a little treat don't wallow in it and overdo it but saint thomas aquinas says that's important it just helps you take a breath remember what's good in life and help you move forward um you know go to a good movie go do some window shopping if you can get into your church, spend some time in adoration, um, have a cold beer, but it doesn't have to be lavish. It's not selfish to love yourself and take care of yourself in an ordered, balanced way. As a matter of fact, scripture tells us, love your neighbor as you love who? Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> yourself. Right, right, right. And so I think it's, 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 if I could interject, I think it's yeah. smart to say all the things that you're saying because, uh, you know, there's sort of a line for all of us on how much stress we can take before we really need to get serious, serious help, you know? And so when you do what Rose is suggesting, it might help you to stay out of the, I'm not saying for everyone, you know, some people do need to get psychological, psychiatric care but it could keep you out of those offices if you do these other things first. Right, right. They're, pre they're preventative. Preventative and, things. Right. And, and they help release a little bit of the steam, you know, that, that builds, that naturally builds up in trauma 
and, and difficult situations. So number three, do something for your special for yourself. And number four is do something special for someone else. One of the best ways to come out of misery, of our own misery, is to look around and see somebody else that's not doing, doing well and, and to pitch in, give them some help. You know, who is a family member that needs something simple like, can you babysit their kids for them for a night for shopping or can you volunteer somewhere? Um, what if it's just your next door neighbor who's elderly um, and maybe they don't need anything but a homemade cake or fresh bouquet of flowers, just, it, it can be small, but it just gets you out of yourself. So really, the, I love what our Catholic faith says, go into yourself and come out of yourself. So it's a balancing act of taking care of yourself and taking care of others. The problem comes when we think we have to take care of everybody else, and then we get resentful and bitter and depressed. Amen. Number five, keep it simple. You know, I love Christmas and I love the whole presents and the tree and everything. And when I was younger, I would buy millions of presents for all my friends and I would expect millions of presents and, and tons of presents for the kids. And one year, I went to a prominent Catholic author speaker who I will not name. I went to his house and they're delightful people and I spent Christmas with them and their kids got one present from the parents and then each of the siblings would make or buy with their allowance one present to give their siblings that was it and i was like wow but as i watched i realized what a beautiful christmas day and morning it was there was hot chocolate and there was music and singing and being silly and it was wonderful and I, I really had an awakening. Rose, this is too much. Too much? It's too much? So don't go overboard. Don't overspend. Don't, don't pile up. You know what? If every Christmas is bigger and bigger, oh my goodness. We're going we're gonna to kill ourselves every Christmas. And this, forget divorce. This is, this is in regular families, right? No, I, that's so true. This is good advice for anybody. I mean, whether you're divorced, separate or not. Right. Divorce can help you reorder your life in better ways that you never realized. And that's what we've all, we've talked about you and I before. Divorce is horrible. It's a scourge on our culture. It's a grave, grave offense against the dignity of marriage and the human persons and the family. And yet God's promise is he will always bring something good out of the worst thing if we will go to him and trust him and, and wait. So learning to, to have your Christmases be more pure and simple and relaxed is a good thing. Right? Agreed. Okay, number six. And this is especially for non-custodial parents. Keep in close touch with the kids. You know, kids crave routine and rituals, but this is all gets broken up at Christmas. But, you know, the customs get thrown out and people are, people are crazy, right? Help people, help your kids talk about what they want for Christmas. Just engage them in conversation. Call them, text them, send them funny little cards or meaningful little cards. 
Um, I know another person I was talking to this week. Uh, he's he's a non another non-custodial parent who's going to have his kids over for Thanksgiving, and he doesn't know what to do because they've always had tons of people. I go, hey, teach the kids how to cook. <laughs> Why don't, why don't you assign them duties and then maybe even make a contest and, and make, make Thanksgiving a big family activity, even though there are only three of you. Um, you know, listen to your kids, affirm your kids, engage them in dialogue, ask them questions. Don't just sit down and watch TV together. Um, if you can't access your kids during the holidays, text them. And, and which, what do you think somebody should do? Let's say you went through divorce and your kids are over with their dad and you're sending them texts and they're not replying and they're not responding. How would that make you feel? Well, not good. <laughs> right. But what are the kids probably doing that they're not responding to you? Probably engaged in something else is what I would guess. Or just yeah. ignoring the text. They're, yeah, they might not be ignoring you personally. It, mm -hmm. They're busy. They're having fun. They're doing things. But after divorce, we get real insecure because we've hung on to our kids like lifesavers. And when they're not around, we're like real grabby and, uh, and vulnerable. So that's where I would say get out of yourself. Just keep texting. Don't worry. And uh, you'll be with them soon. Yeah, some things are out of our control. Well, I should say most things are. We can only make the best decisions that we can on a daily basis, right? I mean, and, and following in God's will, but a lot of it is not in our control, other people's actions and other people's decisions. Right, and the problem is not being able to distance from our own ego and taking everything personally. Um, they're not calling me because they don't want to, or, or he or she said they can't call me. And we just go off in our mind and we, we create these realities that a lot of the time aren't real. And it's really, it's, we're really, we're too self-focused, all of us, married, divorced, separate, whatever. That's our, fall, our fallen nature, me, 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 me. So keep in close touch with the kids. That's our number six of our 10 tips. Um, and even if it's just a simple text here and there, that's the kids know that you're thinking about them and, and love them. That goes a long way in life. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and even when we think about friendships, so it, it's not always the people that we talk to every day, day in and day out. But when you know somebody cares, even if they're engaged in their own life, you get that text once in a while, the phone call, they're still a part of your life, even if you don't communicate all the time. Right. And those simple things can last a long time if we let them, you know. Okay. Ready to go to number seven? This is kind of a sticky one and I, and I get some pushback on this when I share it. Don't think that you must celebrate with your divorced spouse. Now, when we say spouse, we know in the Catholic teaching, that even though you have civil divorce, that's still your spouse until and unless you get an annulment. So when we say your ex or your ex-spouse, we are really referring to the civil arena. It's, it's what everybody does, you know. So we're not discounting or saying that that is not your spouse if, I, if we say ex. I just have to qualify that. Okay. 
So you don't have to, you don't have to celebrate holidays with your ex-spouse, especially if you're still not getting along and there's tension so thick you can cut it with a knife. If you can be in the same room, try to do it. But give yourself permission to not do it if it would cause a greater problem. Especially if it is real fake and everybody's all huggy. Blah, here's this, this, I've heard this a lot. So she's gonna take him down in court and he's gonna take her down first. Tensions are high, the divorce is horrible. They hate each other's guts, right? But then they decide to get together for Christmas for the sake of the kids, right? Now, all the kids have been hearing these conversations. I hate him. I hate her. She's going to ruin our lives. And then they get together for Christmas and they're acting all fake and huggy, kissy. And that teaches the kids in a certain sense to be fake as well. And it's not healthy. It's, it's better, and this is so nuanced, it's better to go in and hold back the fake affection and just be kind and civil. That's okay. To be kind and civil is much more real to everybody than the fake kissy kissy thing. Amen. Jesus, Jesus never said, go back into a situation with your enemy and pretend he or she is not your enemy and just be fake. He never said that anywhere. He said, love your enemy. And if you see your former spouse as an enemy, and they're not, but we do see, we see it that way in divorce, then what does love require us? Love requires that we wish them well and we do them no harm. So be kind, be civil, bite your tongue but don't be fake. And, and, and again, every situation is different. And next year is going to be different. I wish I could say that a hundred times in this. Next year is always going to be different. In a year's time, there's so much healing that goes on. Didn't you see that as a child, as you moved on, as your parents moved on from the hurt and the pain? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, wisdom takes over the older we get most times. I mean, not always, but most times wisdom, life's experiences. And divorce is really maturing, I think, isn't it? Because it teaches you, it teaches, uh, you know, children of divorce a lot about people, especially the negative influences between relationships. So they, they know a lot more about what can go wrong, right? They see it firsthand. Right. And the sad thing is they're too young usually to, to observe that and see that reality. They need some guidance to not fall into that, to fall into fear and distrust and fear of marriage. And, you know, you, we've done shows before you, if you've done work for adult children, um, there's so much that we have to cover home. Mm -hmm. So just don't be fake. Give yourself options, be kind, get together if you think, it, if you can handle it, but don't force it if it's just insane. So next year will be different. Number eight, this is really healing. If you feel animus toward your spouse, 
to help the children buy a present for him or her. It forces you out of your anger, your bitterness, to see them as the other parent and to help your child love them and buy a present that is delightful and personally tailored to that person. Now, after you buy the present and they wrap it up and Christmas is over, you might go back to feeling like you just can't stand them. But helping the children love their other parent is powerful. Powerful. Now, I gave this advice to some people and I remember one woman who did it and then she on the gift tag she goes from Billy and mommy and I'm like no 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 the present isn't from you don't take credit don't go isn't this wonderful just put from Billy right you stay out of it just be behind the scenes and do the right thing and take the high path without credit God sees God sees what we do in secret, and that's the whole point. It's coming out of your hurt and walking in love. Oh, I've never heard that before, Rose, but that's really beautiful. And I think it's a good preparation for the future because there's a lot more, I, I'm guessing, Rose, um, there's a lot more interaction between the children, the younger children of divorce and the ex-spouse compared to when they're over a certain age and adults maybe there's not as much of a need, although then the grandchildren sometimes come into the picture, right? Or marriages and right. uh, other things, but not quite as much as when they're younger. So, And yet, you know, and that is true. But as you say, sometimes it's not always. Um, I'm helping a family right now where they have two girls, 16 and 17. And this divorce has devastated them. And especially at the holidays, the father is trying to offer them options to be with their mother more and he, he doesn't want to make demands on them because he, he wants to take the high path and just back off and let them have their time with mom and do what they normally did and they go no dad we want to be with you we want to be with you a lot you know so their their little inner child is coming out even though they're very close to adulthood um, because this divorce gets to the, this is, you know, deep into the heart of who we are and our security and our love and our family. So. Thank you. Number nine. And this is what we're segueing into. Consider true sacrifice. Why not? Instead of trying to split the children and split the holiday like Solomon's baby and gosh I wish everybody who's listening does know the story of Solomon's baby in the Old Testament do you remember that Anne let, let, let's go there for the sake of the few people who may not remember okay. please do so King Solomon was very wise because God said you are you've been such an obedient son I'm gonna give you whatever you want Anything you want, it's all yours. And he mm -hmm. asked for the gift of wisdom, and God was very pleased. So when we, we, today, we today still say, as wise as old King Solomon, or the wisdom of Solomon. So Solomon was very wise and known throughout the land as the great judge. 
he had a keen eye and a keen mind and he could really decide wisely uh, in cases. So this one time, some travelers were staying at an inn and one woman had a baby and another woman had a little newborn. They weren't newborn, but whatever. We don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. It's okay. So the two, two women in the inn and they're staying overnight and one poor woman rolls over on her baby and, or the baby dies, sudden infant death, whatever. She wakes up in the morning, her baby is dead. So she runs over to the other sleeping mother and trades the babies and takes the living baby and puts the dead baby in bed with the other mother. This is high drama. This is good TV, right? So the next morning, the, you know, the mother wakes up and sees the dead baby and she knows it's not her baby and she screams and she wails and she goes into this big thing and the other mother goes, no, that's your dead baby. My baby's alive. She lies, 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 right? So then they all get called down to court in front of wise King Solomon. And so the women are both telling their stories in front of the king. And so the king says, well, since we can't really decide who's telling the truth, the wisest thing to do is to take the baby and split it in half. And so he ordered the bailiff, the guard, to take the baby, to hold it upside down, and take the sword and to begin to cut the baby in half. The woman who was the liar didn't say anything. The woman whose real baby it was about to be cut in half screamed and she goes, no, no, you can have the baby. Just don't kill her. She can keep it. And all of a sudden, Solomon knew who the real mother was. So it was the mother who would sacrifice for the greater good of her child. That's wisdom. So at Christmas, what can you sacrifice when it comes to time with the kids and the schedule to give to the other parent extra time, an extra event? Don't, don't take that day of Christmas and go, well, I get to 11 a.m. And then at 11 a.m., you can come pick up the kids, but then I'm coming back the next day at 6 p.m. You know, it's the kids are like babies that are being cut in half. They get up Christmas morning, they're in their jammies, they're opening presents, right? And then all of a sudden you go, okay, take your shower, got to get dressed, stop playing with your presents, hurry, 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 got to go with mom or dad so you can go see the other side of the family. It's just jarring to everybody. And then the other side of the family doesn't have anything, but they have the right. And then you have all the extended family trying to, everybody's trying to accommodate their schedule over the kids. So I was in this situation decades ago and we, my husband and I decided to let go and let her have all of Christmas Eve and all of Christmas Day and all of Christmas Day night completely uninterrupted. And the next year we would take it. And then we did that same thing with Thanksgiving and we, she was amenable to that. She appreciated it and it was good. And for, each year that we didn't have the children, each one of us didn't have that child on the holiday. It was tough, but we sucked it up for the greater good of the child. It was the child, not us. 
Does that make sense? Oh, and it's got, to me, that's God at work. And thanks for the story about the baby in, from Solomon's uh, wisdom there, right? And yeah, it, it's a yeah. good one. And, you know, it brings me back too, because I have those memories being the adult child of divorce. You have those memories of holidays and such. And uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom there of what you just said, because uh, we all need that. We all need that wisdom because, uh, you know, like you said, that selfishness sometimes can come in into play when it comes to, well, this is my child and not wanting to um, give the time. And I, I just think right. that that's, right. yeah. It, 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 it is, it's difficult. And especially if you feel that you didn't want the divorce or cause the divorce and that you feel you got, you know, the short end of the stick in court, you can have all kinds of resentments about what's fair and not, not fair, but love is not measured. Let me say that again. Love is not measured. Otherwise, it's business. It's not love. It's commerce. Here, I will take this, you will take that, we'll have this, we'll have that. And some of that is necessary in day-to-day -to -day -to -day -to life, but the holidays, gosh, let it go. Let it go. They come every year. See, and, I said it again. Yeah, you said it again. And it's true because you know what? Kids pick up on so much too. Right. And as much as we may not realize that, even if they're little kids, they can see that animosity and that's not a good thing. They also see, they also see generosity. You know, it's okay to be kind and civil and measured, but if you go above and beyond what the courts say you have to do, if you go above and beyond what the other person is expecting, now you're entering into the realm of sainthood and of authentic love. You are not measuring. It's not tit for tat. It's not fair. It is generous. And the root word of that is the same word for generation and generate to bring new life, it's newness, it's life-giving. Generosity is life-giving. So let's go to number 10. Now, this shouldn't be last, but usually it is. Go to Mass and rejoice in your heart. Go to Mass and rejoice that God is the center of these holy days. Holidays is holy days. So direct your kids to the greatest love that we have. Christ who comes to set us free. And, you know, sing those songs. Talk about the words of the Christmas carols. Offer your hurts and hopes and your whole self to our Lord because even though Christmas is about the baby, the baby came to die. The baby came to carry a cross. The baby came to be spit on, abandoned, and crucified. And so even that tender baby Jesus knows and understands the wounds and the hurts of your heart this time of divorce. But it's not the end. It's not the end. It's not the end. Christmas comes every year. Mm -hmm. It's a good reminder because I think people in our culture in general, we get very worked up about the perfection of the holidays and Christmas and gifts and get-togethers. And then we lose the meaning of what is Christmas? And what does right. it mean? What, it, what does it mean to us and to our faith? And, uh, and as Catholics, we're a very incarnational faith. We're very sacramental. We know that the gift giving and 
the rituals and the singing and the presence and the tree even are all part of putting our, our religion into the visible world. That all of those things have meaning. But we're trying to place the weight of eternity on one Christmas. It's heaven where we will have the ultimate opening of gifts forever and ever and ever. Our, our, our earthly Christmases can't bear the weight of our deepest, deepest desires. So let's pull back and take a breath and thank God for what's good and know that Christmas does come again every year. So I, I just wanted to mention before we go to Anne that these 10 tips are on my website uh, on one of my blogs. It's rosesweet.com forward slash uh, handling the holidays. Just the same name as this uh, podcast. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You have so many great resources. So I invite people to please do check out your website. And I have to mention, um, and I know that we have one more tip, I think, right? Or did we do all 10? Did we do? Let me read them real fast. Have realistic expectations. Know you may stay home this year. Do something special for yourself. Do something special for someone else. Keep it simple. Keep in close touch with the kids. Don't think you have to celebrate with your divorced spouse. Help the children buy a present for their other parent. Consider true sacrifice. And then the last is go to mass and really rejoice in your heart about what the holiday is all about. That's 10. I think that I think we didn't do 10. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do 10 first because I was just going to mention some of your resources, which we can talk about before we end. Well, we, we just did. We just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. There we are. there we are. So offer your hurts and hopes with baby Jesus. He knows. And maybe some of us can't get to physical mass this year. Not sure what's going to be happening next month with COVID uh, in the community. So um, we pray to God that you can get to mass for Christmas, right? Uh, But if not, sooner than later, you'll be back. You can always make a spiritual act of Holy Communion. We've always had that available to us at any moment. Just ask the Lord Jesus to be present to you and to offer yourself to him in return as he gives the gift of himself to you, especially as he came on Christmas. So we can always do that. And thank you so much for making this possible. I know divorced families are going to benefit from all the beautiful resources that you and the St. Raymond and Otis Foundation provide. So thanks. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you because honestly, you've added so much to the work that we do because you're, you're really an expert in this. And, and we recognize that uh, when the St. Raymond and Otis Foundation was founded, you know, Rose, uh, actually that was even before I was director is that they were praying about which direction are we going to go in, right? What do we want to do? And they chose divorce. The friars and the board chose that, you know, Catholics affected by divorce and separation was an important aspect of Catholic ministry. So we're just grateful to you. And what I love about, I was attracted to the Mercedarians because of that. It was these families may be in a particular position to be in danger of losing their faith. And that's part of your charism is to help the people who are in danger of losing their faith to come alongside them and bolster them and encourage them um, to answer the questions like, where was God? Where is God? Why is this happening to me? 
can I trust God? Does God love me? And the answers to all those simply are, he is here and he does love you. But we also know that you got to get, you got to go through a lot of garbage to get there sometimes in your mind. That's right. That's right. And we're so grateful to you and our, the relationship that we have and me as a person, friend to friend. uh, I'm so glad that we are friends and can connect this way and help others. Right. Because that's what it's about. It's really what it's about is uh, taking the gifts that we have and making a difference for Christ uh, for that outreach so that you who are listening, you can experience Jesus Christ in your life in a greater way. We want to wish you a beautiful Advent season, a beautiful Christmas, and we thank you so much for being a part of our mission. God bless you. God bless you. And everyone, we will see you next month as we meet the first Tuesday of every month at 8 p.m. Eastern. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And again, visit Rose's website at rosesweet.com. Make your appointment for her spiritual consultations that she does and has so much to offer there. So we'll see you all next month. Rose, thank you again. And we will see everyone in, D- in January. God bless and see you then. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director dot srnf at gmail.com Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.